0: Hey, this is Dan Hansis alongside Chris Wessling. Hey, Dan. Mark Sessler and the boss Greg Rosenthal. We're the Around the NFL podcast. Check us out three times a week as we discuss the latest NFL news as it happens. Always, of course, with a touch of mirth. Subscribe at NFL.com podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here with Move the Sticks. And Bucky, Pro Day's kind of winding down. we got a big one to touch on today. We've got a lot of other ground we have
1: to cover. A lot of ground to cover. I mean, there's so much stuff in this rundown. It's kind of what they call it, chunky. It's a little beefy. It's everything. We we're talk about the Ole Miss rundown. we got the perfect pairs, uh Red Stars. A lot of stuff to get to. Can't wait to talk about
0: it. Yeah, we're talking about perfect pairs. What would be the perfect players to fit with a team in a division? We're going to hit both the NFC and AFC East today. Red Star prospect going to focus on the safety position. Haven't talked much about the safeties in this draft class. Very we'll vital position. We're going to get there as well. And then uh, we've got a little bracket update here. So bracket. we got our MTS prospect bracket, which we now have a championship game set up. And it's uh, it's going to be an Ohio affair. <laughs> we'll get we'll to the information on that as we get towards the bottom of the show. But let's start things off right here at the top, Buck. Old Miss Pro Day. Biggest takeaways, big three guys here, Laramie Tunsil, Laquan Treadwell, and Robert Kimdiche.
1: I mean, I think we got a chance to see those guys do everything that we expected based off the film. I believe Laramie Tunsil is the number one overall pick. I think he might surpass Jalen Ramsey on my board as the best overall player. You just don't see a guy that size with that kind of footwork. The dancing bear thing is real. Prototypical left tackle. I think he impressed, continues to impress, with what he's able to do on the turf.
0: Yeah, what he did at the pro day, I kept using the word easy. Everything was just very easy for him, the way he moved. And uh, you talk about – I always use the analogy of, like, Christmas presents, right? Your draft picks are Christmas presents. And he comes in a clear package. I know exactly what's in there. I don't worry about it. I know exactly what I'm buying. You're getting a premier left tackle. He showed that 34 reps at 314 pounds. Uh, They're repping it out at 225 just easy. That's that's impressive with his length. All right, Laquan Treadwell, the wide receiver, wasn't expected to run fast and, and really didn't. Ran in the mid-four sixes. Hey, he's
1: a move to sticks guy. We talk about a classic chain mover, a possession receiver, a guy that can do all the dirty work inside the numbers. That's what Laquan Treadwell is. Ran in the four sixes, which is what we expected, but – To me, he continues to be one of the best ball catchers, if not the best ball catcher in the draft. Catches the ball naturally with his hands, strong, snatches it in space. He's going to have to play the game in a fashion where he has to win a lot of contested balls. I believe his skill set says that he will be able to get it done even though he won't be able to run away from coverage.
0: Yeah, I use a basketball analogy with him. You're going to play a lot of half-court, a lot of half-court basketball with him. Not a lot of breakaways, <laughs> not a lot of flashy dunks. <laughs> what he's going to do, he's going to get in his set, and he's going to kind of beat you up there and, and kind of out-muscle you down there in the half-court, and that's
1: the way he plays the game. Absolutely, that's the way he plays the game. He is a talented red zone weapon, though.
0: All right, now I talked about Tunsil being that clear package. Now, Robert Kim Diche. To me, he's that guy that's double wrapping paper, okay? <laughs> and so you open that up after draft and you put him out on the field. It might be like your rich uncle. He got you the best gift ever, right? You, you can't wait. This is unbelievable. What a value. Or it could be that stinker gift that you get. And i am telling you right now, when you pick draft picks, no gift receipts. <laughs> no. You can't take it back. So he, to me, is you use the phrase, he's the biggest boomer bust guy in this draft. I agree with
1: you. He is the biggest boomer bust guy. If we're going to play a game show, it's let's make a deal.
0: Yes, what's box, behind door number two?
1: On do door number two, he's behind door number two, and you just don't know which one you're going to get, what you're going to get when you open them up. If he goes to the right situation, right coaching staff, right environment in terms of the guys around him, I think he absolutely can be a star at the next level. Pro Bowl talent—you can't deny the talent. It's about the motivation and the consistency, and you continue to point out the production for a guy as talented as this. Doesn't matter a guy that has top five talent. the you called it production was pedestrian. Yes, pedestrian production. He needs to have more production to justify being a top five pick.
0: All right, let's. Uh, that, it was an interesting, proto though. Big, big time in mean, Ole Miss. Hats off to them. I got three guys in the mix there to be first round picks and potentially what we both agree should be the first overall pick in the draft. But let's move on uh, as we go along here, Buck. Perfect pairs, and I mentioned at the top we're looking at the NFC and AFC East. I say we start NFC. Okay, let's start NFC East, and we're going to work with these teams as they finished in the division. So Cowboys, uh, bringing up the rear here, they have the 4th and 34th overall picks. In a perfect scenario... I love, I love that little (laughs) step in their game. uh, Who would be these two players for the Dallas Cowboys? Dallas
1: Cowboys. I really struggle with it because the potential general manager or the hopeful GM in me would say, take the quarterback, take a quarterback with the fourth overall pick. We never pick in the top 10. Let's get a guy that can be the bridge after Tony Romo retires. But I'm going to go with the win now mentality. And I'm going to say Joey Bosa and Artie Burns are the two players for them. Joey Bosa at four to me is a nice fit in this defense. We've talked about him being a technical marvel, a high-motor player, a guy that has all the hand skills that you want. I believe his versatility is what makes him attractive to the Cowboys. You can slide him inside, let him play defensive tackle, work on the edges of the guard, and he can be a guy to get you maybe double-digit sacks on the inside, sets the tone with his athleticism and motor. I'd like to see him paired
0: up inside next to Demarcus Lawrence and see what they could do as kind of a tag team. But then when you get to this, this second pick here, corner, Long, athletic, explosive, great ball skills here in Artie Burns. I'm going to go with
1: Artie Burns being a nice fit. Look, they've been struggling at the corner position. I know they had Brandon Carr back. Morris Claiborne has been a huge disappointment since they invested a big pick in him. Artie Burns in the second round, to me, would be a nice find. Long range, he has ball skills, a guy that is very, very talented and athletic. Now you're beginning to pair him up with Byron Jones and some of the other young players they have rotating in. I believe it would be a nice fit to help that secondary. I like the fact they have this young offensive line in
0: Dallas that can kind of continue to grow together. Yes. Why not do that with the secondary? I like what you're saying there. Byron Jones, who I think has got a chance to be a star at the next level, and now you team him up with another young athletic corner in Artie Burns. I like that a lot. All right, that's uh, that's the Cowboys at 4-34. and 34. I'll go ahead and take over here for the Giants. They got picks 10 and pick number 40. And I'm going to say in this situation, you kind of play these scenarios out all different kind of ways. How about Ronnie Stanley for them? They're at number 10, the tackle from Notre Dame go ahead and just secure one of those spots right now. Eric Flowers, right? Now you team him up with Ronnie Stanley, and I talk about young offensive lines in Dallas kind of grow together. This would give this young offensive line, the Giants, two young bookends to build around.
1: Two young bookends. Then you also have Justin Pugh, who's also a young player. You put three of those young guys in the line, let them grow together, because eventually you're going to have to find another quarterback, have that offensive line in place. I like that pick.
0: Let's clean up one thing, by the way. Uh, There is a sizable gap. I like Ronnie Stanley a lot, but he is not Tunsil, and they are on different different levels uh, when you talk about their overall ability, but uh, still a good player. I think he'd be a value at 10. And then we get to pick number 40, Von Bell, the safety from Ohio State. I think and he came in here. I know he'll be disappointed. He thinks he's going to go in the mid-20s, and he very well could. I think, however, there's a chance he slides into the second round. They could pair him up with Landon Collins. I would like
1: that pairing. I like that pairing because Landon Collins can be my thumper, my guy that does all the dirty work right in the box. Von Bell can do what he does very well, play center fielder. He has to improve the physicality, but two young safeties are kind of rock and roll in that back end. I definitely like that.
0: All right, Cowboys, Giants in the books. You've got the Philadelphia Eagles. And remember now, Bucky, no second-round pick because of that trade, the Bradford Foles trade. So we're going to give them the F pick number 8, and then we're going to go with their pick number 77 that takes place in the third round. Who do you go?
1: I'm going to go against traditional uh, wisdom and thinking and say that you take a quarterback, not a quarterback, a running back at number 8, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott gives them a guy that can not only run the ball inside, but he can get to the edges, can catch the ball off the backfield. And Doug Peterson's new offense, I think it's important that they find a way to protect the quarterback. The best way to do it is to make the focal point of that offense a running back. Ezekiel Elliott is the best in the business, the best in coming in the draft. I believe he's a right-now player, meaning he can step in the lineup and be a right-now pro bowler. You put him in Philadelphia, I think he helps that offense get going.
0: All right, Bucky, pick number 77. You got him going to offensive line. And one of my favorite guards in the draft, Sebastian Tritola here out of Arkansas.
1: Yeah, Sebastian Tritola. I'm putting him inside because I think they need to upgrade that left guard spot. I want to get a physical guy, a guy that can move and maul and mash people at the line of scrimmage. Think about Arkansas and what they've been able to do under Brett Bilma. They can run the football. We want to run the football. uh, Let's get Bucky, I know he can run the ball, but can he throw it? I might, he might, he might have some added effort. I
0: want my guards to be able to throw the football. You want you to dog on it? Throw it, Sebastian Trotola, Oh, you, you oh. want to see him throw the pill around? Hey, let's let's see let's see if he can
1: throw it. Look at him. Oh. look at this. Oh, he went to sh- uh, oh. oh, 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 very oh. nicely done.
0: Clever play. That's what differentiates him from this guard class. Buck He threw a touchdown. Play. How cool is that? Uh, I like that pairing though. You talk about physical with this Philadelphia Eagles team, running back, and then you get a physical blocker there. In Tritola. All right, Washington Redskins, pick number 21, pick number 53. Uh, Let's go in the trenches at pick number 21. Andrew Billings from from Baylor. He's somebody who's kind of – there's certain guys, Bucky, throughout the process when I watched him on tape – I liked him. I didn't just love him. He was on the ground a little bit. And yep. then the more that I've watched him, I begin to appreciate just how strong he is. Just a stack single blocks. He can do that in his sleep. Can push the pocket as a pass rusher. And then even going to the combine, I think he's got a little more quickness, a little more wiggle than I gave him credit for. The more I watch him, the more I begin to like him.
1: I think he's easier to like. When you understand, understand when we take him out of the Baylor defense, because he's not going to play as many snaps, and in the pros as he did in Baylor because that quick tempo offense that they play, put the defense on the field. Love his athleticism, like his strength and power. Not necessarily a classic Pass rusher, but he can push the pocket. I like money inside. All right, then we're going
0: to get a pass catcher here to team up with the uh, with a really nice young receiver that they got last year out of Duke who I really, really like in Crowder. Now you go ahead and get Tyler Boyd, give a little more size to this receiving core. Don't know how much longer Garcon and Deshaun are going to be there with age and then contract being a factor as we move into the future. Tyler Boyd can go up and get it. I love the fact he's a returner buck. You've always talked about Ted Thompson valuing that. And Scott McLuhan, you know, comes from that tree, was there with you. I think they'll value his skill set.
1: I think they will value his skill set, his versatility, and his ability to be a number one receiver. I think he's a number one receiver in the league, can catch the ball, can anchor a passing attack. I like him stepping in eventually to supplant Pierre Garçon or Deshaun Jackson is number one receiver. All right,
0: let's move on now. That's the NFC East. Let's roll right into the AFC East. And you have the floor here for the Miami Dolphins, picks 13 and picks 42.
1: You know, I believe they have a lot of holes to fill, field, even though they address some of those in free agency. I'm going to say at 13, they go with your guy, Kevin Dodd. Kevin Dodd is, an, you can call him a one-year wonder, but he really dominated at the end of the season. Outstanding athleticism, nice size, nice attributes, needs some time. But who better to learn from than Mario Williams and Cameron Wake on the edges? He comes in can play as that third defensive end eventually give you that kind of production that you want. I believe that would be a perfect fit for him in Miami.
0: I love his swipe move, by the way. That is money. All right, that's a a pass rusher
1: there at 13. At pick number 42, you're going to the offensive side of the ball. I mean, kicking tires on all these running backs, I believe. Why not take the running back right there uh, in the second round? Alex Collins, a guy that, look, very productive in the SEC. Two times he went over the 1,000-yard mark, does a great job. Maybe three times he went over a 1,000-yard mark. Three times, that's correct. Great jobs running inside the tackle. Can get to the edges. Has a knack for finding that crease. In this offense, you want to have a productive runner, a guy that can command an eight-man box. Alex Collins is certainly good enough to be able to do it and to get him at a value in the second round. Ideal draft hall. All right, you team him up there with Jayjay. You got two kind of physical pounders there.
0: To give your offense a little bit more of a physical identity. Buffalo Bills, Bucky. Moving on. Pick number nineteen. Pick number forty-nine. At nineteen, I'll tell you what. I think this guy just keeps moving up. The more you watch him, with the upside, Chris Jones, defensive tackle from Mississippi State. Six-foot-six, 300-plus pounds. You can watch this guy get upfield and be ultra disruptive. Uh, You talk about having the traits to be an elite player. I think you could say his ceiling of all these defensive tackles, you could put it right there at the top of this draft class. And I thought maybe late one, early on, I think he's got a chance to go up here right where the Buffalo Bills pick at, pick number 19.
1: You know, talented player. He's a guy that I've been considering. I had to jump him into my top 50. Very active at the line of scrimmage. Has a, a motor that runs very, very hot want to see him be more productive, but he he certainly is intriguing.
0: All right, I'm going to give him a running mate here with the second-round pick, pick number 49, Kamalei Correa, who's one of my favorite players in the draft. Watch him run this dude down right here. This is a Utah State game, one of the first ones I watched. He was a backside end on that play. Showed you the effort and the speed, very disruptive. This defense has to be better under Rex Ryan. Very disappointing last year. They do it with these two picks.
1: No, I think that's a good pick. They need to find an edge rusher, someone that can get home, someone that they can use in a variety of roles. I think that would be a good pick. All right, J.E. T. S. Yes. Look, Jeff, the Jeff. New York Jets have to get it done. They're close. They're right on the verge of being a playoff team. I think they need to continue to work on their defense. So, I pick twenty. Emmanuel Agba. This has been you've been on this one, man. It's been it's the missing link. And when I think about the Jets and think about Ty Bowles and what he's been around, Bill Parcells, he likes those bigger, thicker. Outside linebackers, edge rushers. Emmanuel Ogba can be that guy. Straight line power rusher. You put him in. Look, twenty three and a half sacks the last two years at Oklahoma State. I believe he gives them a chance to get better on that defense line. And he's Leonard Williams. Hey, he's, he's got, got some dudes up there. Richardson, he's going to see one-on-ones all day. I think he's good enough to win.
0: All right, pick number 51. They go to the other side of the ball.
1: This guy is all over the charts. Jason Spriggs from Indiana is a guy that can go anywhere from the bottom of the first round to somewhere in the second round. I have him in this scenario going in the second round, which is probably a good spot for him. He can serve as an apprentice for the Shaw, Ferguson, eventually take over. They need to find a guy that can eventually be their left tackle for the next 10 years. Possibly he could be that guy because he has the athleticism, the light feet, Intriguing traits. I think he'd be a good pick in the second round. That's
0: about where he falls for me. I know there's other people that have him higher than we yep. do, Bucky, but I think that's a good spot for him. All right, New England Patriots. This is a tricky one here. They got no one, but they do have a couple twos, and they're back to back. Pick 60, pick 61. I've got him going linebacker at pick number 60 here, and Josh Perry from Ohio State. Someone that I think they like those bigger linebackers. He can play downhill. He can play that physical brand of football that they like there in New England. But also he's got the speed. He's got the speed to be able to play sideline to sideline. He's a little bit stiff, a little bit tight. But I don't know that that's going to bother the Patriots as much as some other teams.
1: No, I don't think it will bother them as much because they need someone that can kind of control the middle. When you lose Gerard Mayo, you need someone that can come in, step into that role. He could certainly do that. All right, pick number 61. Now,
0: remember, this is what they got in that Chandler Jones trade with Arizona. Pick number 61. I got him going running back in Devontae Booker, one of my favorites in this draft class. We talk about him a lot here on Move the Sticks. Somewhere they can help you not only running the ball, catching the ball, blocking, he's a complete back. And I think when you look at this Patriots offense, all those injuries they had in the backfield last year, a guy like Deion Lewis going down. He's, he can give you some of those Deion Lewis-type things and also give you some more power inside, kind of a complete
1: package. He gives you all of that in a bigger package, a bigger physical package. Is used to carrying the load as the workhorse at Utah. With LeGarrette Blunt maybe having another year left during his time at New England, why not get a big bag that you can bring in kind of room for a bigger role? next year all right that that's
0: uh, perfect pairs for the afc and nfc east we're going through all the divisions so we, we, there's a good chance we might even hit your favorite team already so make sure you scroll back through the move the sticks episodes on youtube and you'll be able to find the other divisions and we'll finish the rest of them up as we march towards the draft but bucky we didn't do this last week it's it's coming back now four downs okay let me bring, up, bring our button here we've got our button Right. And uh, I've been told – now, let me explain this first. How we've done it before. we get four downs here. So what we do is we get the guys behind the glass. They come up with some uh, scenarios, topic. topics, and then we have to give an answer of who we think would be the right person for that situation. But it's kind of random. We've got a bunch of them we've put out there. We don't know what's coming our way. So what we have to do, we have to bang this button, and then the topic will appear and then we will come up with our answer. And I've been told we have a fancy little uh, sound effect here. All right. Don't know what it is. I'm a little bit nervous to see what these goobers have uh, have planned for us. Bucky, you go ahead and go first. Oh, you can let me be the go second. Go ahead.
1: Here we go. Wow. Ooh, All
0: that?
1: right. So here's what it is. First
0: down, which undersized prospect will shine in the NFL? Bucky, you have the
1: floor to go first here. Tavon Young, Temple. Okay, a little corner. Corner. Right at 5'9", probably 185, 190 pounds. Guy I fell in love with at the senior bowl. Love his athleticism, his movement skills, his ability to play feisty and one-on-one coverage. When you're looking at nickel cornerbacks, you're looking for guys with great feet, outstanding awareness and ball skills. He has all of those things. And also he gives me a little competitive edge that I like. He would be an ideal third cornerback on a team that has long-range guys playing on the outside. All right, I
0: like that one, Bucky. But I'm going to go to the receiver position. I'm going to go to Oklahoma and Sterling Shepard. And this is somebody, yes. if you want to watch his competitiveness, just pop in the Tennessee tape and watch him take over that game as it's coming down the stretch. I- I'm sure we don't have any highlights of that game because we have a volunteer behind the <laughs> class. There's no chance that Sully is going to show us the highlights from that game. He completely dominated. See, we're going to show him warming up right here. We'll probably show oh, – oh, there it is, Tennessee! Sully, that's being a professional. I like right there. that, Sully. That's being able to put uh, put your personal interest to the side and just show. And he showed one play. He like, oh, here's another <laughs> oh, play. Well, well, watch this. Put him on the ground, catch it, and then make you miss and fight for a touchdown right there. Ooh. Look at the numbers; they're very impressive. Undersized player, I love in this draft class, Bucky. I think he probably goes mid to late second and will be a good value pick.
1: No, I think he's a very, very good value pick. Great route runner, does a great job working inside the numbers. Should be a nice slot player.
0: All right, we ready, boys? Okay, this topic here, second down, which non-first-round defensive prospect brings the most versatility? I like how we have that written on grass, by the way. That's kind of cool. All right, what do you got, Buck?
1: Uh, a lot of guys to choose from, but I'm going to stay locally. I'm going to go with USC Sewer Cravens. And the reason I'm picking Sewer Cravens is because these teams are transitioning into more hybrid systems where you have a hybrid safety-slash-linebacker playing that will backer position. That's where Seward Cravens fits. I think he can play safety. I think, no, he can play linebacker. Active, aware, instinctive, has great uh, ball skills when it comes to hunting the football. This is a guy that, in the right defense, if you put him in the right role, he can do some of the stuff that Mark Barron was able to do for the Rams.
0: I like that one, Bucky. But I want Jonathan Bullard from Florida because you can play him at end. You can also kick him inside. We've talked a lot about Joey Bosa doing those things. I think Bullard can do that, and I think you're going to be able to get him in in a value pick. I think probably middle second, maybe even gets into the third round. I love him as a player. He's in my top 50. Somebody ultra disruptive and wins with quickness, I think he'll be a great value pick in this draft.
1: I uh, absolutely agree. All the right. Versatility up front. All right. You got to push
0: the button. This third down coming
1: third up. Third down. Third down. Here we
0: go. Oh, yeah. Third down. Which prospect can have an immediate impact on special teams? They three
1: sides of the ball here, right? Three sides of the ball. You need to have someone, when they touch the ball in the kicking game, they're a dynamic, electric, explosive. I'm going to go with Joaquin Grant from Texas I do get move. Anyone who gets an opportunity to look up his highlight tape on YouTube, you'll see a fantastic player. Not only can he fly on Woo. the outside, but you're talking about a guy who is terrific with the ball in his hands, turns bubble screens into big plays, turns kickoffs, and punt returns into an adventure every time he gets back to take the kick. He is someone that I can see investing a pick in to be my designated return specialist while I hope that he can grow into a role as a slot receiver. All
0: right, now you talk about a slot receiver. I'm going to give you somebody that I think can play inside and be a slot corner. Wasn't asked to do it at Alabama, but Cyrus Jones. One thing I do know, as a punt returner, he is dynamic. He can make, make it happen for you. He's secure to catch the football. He's going to always get you the yards that are there, but then he can break a tackle, he can run away from you, and he can hit the home run. Watch him track that over the shoulder like a center fielder. Uh, in this game, looks like UCF, man. The Knights, uh, uh, not not getting him on that one, Buck. I- I'm a big Cyrus Jones fan. You see on the bottom, four punt returns, led the FBS. I think he's got a chance to be an impact player on special teams
1: right away. I think he would be an impact player on special teams and on defense. Right IQ, known him since high school. Look, he was Gatorade player of the year in Maryland when he came out of high school as an offensive player. So it says a lot about his ability to make things happen with the ball in his hands.
0: All right, you want to go for it on fourth down? Yeah. All right, all right, we're going for it. Let's go fourth down. What we got? Fourth down, final play, game on the line. Which cornerback do you want to cover their best wideout? That's a good one. I like that. That is a
1: very good one, and a lot of times we can overthink it and put matchups in the mix but I'm going to go with the best cover corner from a technical standpoint, Vernon Hargraves. Okay. Vernon Hargraves is going to line up on the wide receiver one, and he's going to absolutely use a variety of techniques to destroy the timing of the passing game, be it press, be it off, be it bell coverage. He is going to throw a lot of different looks at him and find a way to get around the ball. Love his tenacity, his toughness, his ability to make plays on the ball. This is a terrific player. If he was just a shade bigger, we'll be talking about him being a lock is a top-five player. All right, I'm going to go William
0: Jackson the third from Houston. I like Vernon Hargraves, have him rate a little bit higher. But William Jackson, to me, can match up with those bigger wide receivers. See some balls get kind of plucked over the top of Vernon Hargraves. That doesn't happen with William Jackson. His size, love the speed, loves the ability to locate the football, and he's tough. He can play the physical game as well if you'd like. So uh, that's who I would go, and that concludes our four downs, Buck. Kind of ripping through those. And uh, you said we got a beefy show at the top. It's beefy. Uh, we got some more to go here before we wrap things up. Red Star of the Week, we're going to look at the safeties today, okay? Uh, You are up first, your Red Star prospect. And explain real quick, Red Star, not saying he's the best player at this position, he's a player you're putting your name on. You want him on your team. Who you got?
1: Uh, When you talk about stamping your guy, I'm going to stamp the safety position with Jeremy Cash from Duke. Jeremy Cash is a guy that I think is an outstanding player, a guy that didn't put in the right role. I've talked about it previously on the thing. He's a guy that kind of reminds me of Dayon Buchanan. When I look at the notes, the range, I think he's a box area player. You put him down in the line of scrimmage, allow him to be a factor against the run. Tackling, I love that he hits people squarely. You rarely find guys that are kiss running, runners right in their mouth. He has a guy that hits you right in the mouth.
0: That's a Maurice Jones-Drew line, by yeah, the absolutely. way. Did, he, talking did about. he patent
1: that one? Uh, I didn't patent it all the way. We talked about it a lot, but, yeah, you want to hit him right in the face. Ball hawk. he also has exceptional awareness and a high football IQ. This is a guy that understands how to play the position. Not the fastest, not the guy that you necessarily want to play as your center field player. He is an old-school box safety, strong safety to me, he's going to find a way to get it done, and I absolutely believe he could be one of those blue star special teams players, a guy that doesn't come off the field.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a whole defender underneath. I like that one, Buck. You got Jeremy Cash from Duke, and your comp was again real quick. You had Dale Buchanan, another Buchan. box guy. All right, I'm going to get get mine out here. I'm going to go West Virginia, one of my favorite players in the draft. I had to make him my red star, Carl Joseph from West Virginia. I just love watching him, Bucky. He got hurt this year. You talk about a true center fielder. That's what he is. He can line up in the middle of the field. He can range sideline to sideline, uh, which I love about him, and he plays big. You see my notes here. Center fielder, he's an explosive hitter. Uh, he has some big shots on tape. Plays bigger than his size, not the biggest guy in the world, and he is just so quick to key and diagnose. He sees. He reads high hat. We talk about that from the yep. safety position. Be able to, to, to realize run versus pass, hit the alley, and make plays. I'm a big fan of his, and from a comparison standpoint, Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle wasn't the biggest guy in the world, had a knack for finding the football, and I thought Eric Weddle kind of at that moment of truth when the ball was up in the air, he played bigger than his size as well.
1: That is Eric Weddle all day. Scouting Eric Weddle out of Utah, I see very similar traits from Joseph, a guy that is always around the ball, just gets it. We used to talk about in the scouting room. I want a football player, meaning a guy that is all about ball, a guy that has a knack for making plays, and he comes up with his biggest plays in the game's biggest moments. That's who Carl Joseph is to me. Yeah, yeah. so Red Star safeties. And, again, if you've
0: missed uh, some of our other episodes, we go through, we're go we going to go through all these positions. It's safeties today. You can go back through and, and circle back on some of the old Move the six episodes. You'll find some other positions we've already knocked out. But safety. so, again, uh, you've got Jeremy Cash from Duke. I've got Carl Joseph from West Virginia. All right, Buck. Move the sticks bracket. We now have made it through. We started with an Elite Eight. And this is who's going to have the best NFL career is how this was set up. The rankings were uh, put together by kind of a compilation of what we had, our top 50s. We started with an Elite Eight, got whittled down to a Final Four, and now we have the results from the Final Four round, and we are headed to a championship game and as we look at the final four here, Buck, you'll see. Those are some good matchups we had there. Tunsil and Bosa, Miles Jack, and Ezekiel Elliott. But what we're learning here on Move the Sticks, the Buckeye fans.
1: Buckeye fans, really they pay don't attention. mess around. They really pay attention. You hit them with anything on Twitter, they are going to respond. We saw how they tried to shame Jim Harbaugh after he made a little funny tweet. I thought it was a funny tweet. But now in advancing in this, I'm going to have Joey Bosa taking on Ezekiel Elliott. It is a Buckeye affair in the championship game. Yeah, four uh, versus a seven there. And Joey
0: Bosa ended up winning comfortably or 60% to 40% over Laramie Tunso, which, man, I, w- I would go with Tunso on that one. And then 61% for Elliott over Miles Jack. We had almost 30,000 votes uh, in coming wow. in on That's Twitter. Crazy. We're going to give you a chance now to vote on this championship matchup as well. Uh, all you got to do is, by the way, find our Twitter, Bucky Brooks on Twitter. I'll move the sticks on Twitter. Uh, you can vote there as well as go to NFL.com slash MTS bracket, and you can uh, find a way to vote there as well. But we look at this championship bracket real quick here, Bucky. If you had to say who's going to have a better career, Joey Bosa, the four, Ezekiel Elliott, the seven, which way you leaning? <laughs> By the way, we don't get to decide this. It's all up to the fans, so it's, it's not tough. our call. I
1: am leaning. I'm saying the fans will say Bosa. I would take Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. That's what I'm going to go with. If he's going to have a better career. I think Joey Bosa have a longer career. Yeah, I think Ezekiel Elliott would make more productive, more big plays, more splash plays. I'm going to say he's probably going to be the guy we remember more, even though Joey Bosa may outplay him just because of the nature of the positions.
0: Yeah, I think Elliott's going to have a big splash for about four years, five years, and Bosa's going to play for a long time. and end up In the long run, I think Bosa could end up being – uh, the best of those picks. But, Bucky, that's that's going to do it. Man. That that's a chunky show. Whew. We rolled through Line. here. Uh, it's like been a busy a day here at the network covering Pro Days, and we've got Path to the Draft, which you can catch out each and every day, 6 Eastern on NFL Network. And be sure to check out any of our old episodes on YouTube. You can find them there their NFL channel or just pump in, move the sticks, and they will all come up. And thank you to those on iTunes who have left us a rating, have left us a comment. If you haven't done so, uh, please do that. We do appreciate it. And uh, for Bucky Brooks, I'm Daniel Jeremiah. We will see you back here in a couple days as we march towards the 2016 NFL Draft. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired.